Welcome to the Grid Girls Podcast. So we're back with episode 38 right now, and uh, yeah, this is good times. We're here with Elizabeth Worth, Lisa Olson, and welcome Zoe Hamilton to the podcast. Hell yeah! Zoe! Hey! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Zoe's from Scotland. It's a good time. She watches a lot of IndyCar. She actually, like, really basically enabled Elizabeth and I to get into IndyCar in the first place. You've got, like, the mother over here. The mother, the squad mom. (laughs) Fandom mom. (laughs) Yep, yep, it's a good time. I I did kind of ambush you at um, Battersea, basically going, go to an IndyCar race. (laughs) Go to to IndyCar, watch all these dumb videos. Look at these guys running through a cornfield. I still remember, like, one Christmas break or something where, like... I just came home to, like, an inbox full of videos, and I watched them all night long and was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And then, like, that summer I was at an IndyCar race, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It worked out really well, actually. So thanks, Zoe. Thanks, Zoe, and welcome. Zoe's going to be writing uh, IndyCar race reports for us this year, too. So pumped to have those on the website. Yeah, read the stuff that's on our site. Don't just listen to the podcast. It's 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 all good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's get right into this. Uh, we have some actual, like, women in motorsports stuff that happened this week. Hell yeah. Um, obviously the Grand Prix of St. Pete happened. Um, there are two women in USF 2000 this year. Uh, last year we just had Ayla Ivorian, who was great. Um, she finished 10th overall the last two seasons. Uh, but this year we also have Bruna Tomaselli, who's a Brazilian rookie, um, who raced in Formula 4 Brazil. She had five podiums last year, and uh, she finished top 10 in 18 out of 20 races. So, yeah. Lisa, how did they do? (laughs) You got to see them. It was a struggle, but it was really awesome to see two women. Mm -hmm. Like, I was really surprised when I went to autograph sessions for that series and saw two women there. Because I knew about Ayla, but I didn't know about Bruna. So, That's really cool. Bruna's super young, too. Like, she's only 19, and she's, you know, already in the... Mazda Road to Indy, so that should be really, really awesome to watch her. Up yeah, and, and she's a rookie there too. Mm-hmm. So expect a few like learning curves, but all in all, it's really great to see two ladies there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I'm so hyped. I mean, it's quite cool how the pretty much since I started watching 2006, there's always been women somewhere within the series or in the ladder. Like there was Danica already in IndyCar, and there was. P- Pippa, Catherine Legg, Anna Beatrice, and then there's been Simona. Like nobody seems to be bothered by the fact they're women. It's like they're here. Wow. <laughs> like yeah, no, it's it's it, it's really awesome to see that that's like still happening too. What's going to be really great is eventually, hopefully, with all of the you know pushes that are being made to get more women into motorsport, um, seeing a greater proportion of women in these different steps of the ladder will be pretty amazing. And it'll be really great to see if Bruna or Ila make it to, you know, the second and third rungs of the ladder, you know, Indy Lights and the, what, uh, I forget what the other one, it's Mazda, Star Mazda. It's not Star Mazda anymore. I always wanted to call it Star Mazda. Pro Mazda. Pro Pro Mazda. Mazda. Yes. Anyway, 
And it's Ayla good. is with a good team there, too. Team mm-hmm. Calfrey, I think. Like, her teammates yeah. were doing pretty well. She, she went off course early in the first race, which is why she finished so poorly in the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one, she was more mid-pack. But her teammates were doing really good, so there's potential there, I hope. She did super well in Uf- USF 1600 with Team Pelfrey. So, like, her being on that team is kind of them coming back together more than her being on that team for the first time. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, the next race is at Barber, so we'll see how sh- how the both of them do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, again, it's really great to have women in the ladder. Hell yeah! Um, other women in motorsports stuff. Uh, let's talk about Susie Wolf for a second. Oh, boy. <laughs> because, yo, apparently, Zoe, can you tell this story real quick? Hey, basically... Um, she was caught doing 35 in a 30 mile per hour zone, which, considering she already had points on her license for previous speeding oh, infractions, she she got she got a driving ban. She tried to appeal it, um, citing that she wasn't a girl racer, which I kind of had to laugh at just for various reasons. <laughs> because uh, what? <laughs> um, but it was. You were caught speeding. You should. You of all people should be like knowing what to do when it comes to speed limits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Also, can we just talk about this for a second? She was doing thirty-five and a thirty. <laughs> How the heck do you get points on your license for doing thirty-five and a thirty? I do oh, like forty-five and a thirty sometimes, and it's fine. <laughs> what the hell? It's it's probably she's literally driven by a policeman who's been sat- sitting there with his. His radar gun. gun. Yeah, oh, yeah. his radar gun. Oh my god. 35 and a 30, though. Like, I, oh I, god, I, look I, out. <laughs> I've blown past I, cops at at least 45 and a 30 before, and I usually <laughs> just get laughed at at the next stoplight. <laughs> I mean, right. I did try to look to see if I could find anything about the previous speedings to see whether it was the exact same thing where she was or whether it's been somewhere else, but I couldn't. It is just... She's been caught speeding so many times. This is the last time. Yeah, Yeah. she did. That was, she tried to appeal it. It's failed, so she's got a fine, and it's a six-month ban. Dang. That's that's intense. England's driving (laughs) rules are fucking draconian. Good lord. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so much. Well, best of luck to Susie Wolf. I I can't even. (laughs) It's only six months. That's not so Yeah, that's not terrible. And like, I'm sure she can have people drive her places. That's not that big of a deal. No. Don't do 35 out of 30. Especially Moral in England. of the story. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that when I drove over there, I repeatedly did 35 out of 30. <laughs> because 30 is, 35 is like the standard suburban speed limit here. Like, yeah. you're doing 35, it's fine. It, but You're lucky you still have your license there. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. <clears throat> um, all right. Elizabeth, you wrote an article this week. I did let's, let's talk about your let's talk about your business here. Oh gosh. Um, so, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, so like first of all, what like what motivated you to write that now? Like what what so, was the Like I don't know. I complain a lot about like just generally the way women are treated in motorsports. And I feel like I had been on this role where something had happened every single day, like in the last week. And then like leading up to St. Pete it hit, like, a perfect combination of me being really, really upset about everything that was happening at St. Pete in general on track, as in Connor Daly being really, really bad, and 
then just like that shirt that that girl was wearing of um girls who love racing are wear rare wife them up and like how that just spread over social media like and the drivers were taking pictures of it and like people were just spreading it all over and so i was like i sat down on twitter and i was like i'm gonna tweet about this and i started like tweeting like a stream and i was like uh 140 characters is not gonna do this for me so I just kind of like wrote it as an article and posted it after the race and it was it went crazy. So Well, I mean, it it was a really good article. Thank it you. put everything you're right, it kinda of put everything that we try to say on Twitter into a very nice, concise, like, here's what we're trying to say all the time, but better. Yeah. Like <laughs> But I you like, can't do because of the 140 character limit yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, I've been meaning to do something like this for a while. It was just I didn't know how to approach it, I guess. And, like, just the way things happened that weekend, like, that specific thing, like, it just made it so it flew, like, really easy out of my head. So, mm-hmm. um, How has the reception to it, like, in your mentions been? Um, In my mentions, it's been pretty good. Like, nobody has actually come at me directly to tell me that like i'm wrong like there's been a lot of comments and stuff on like reddit as you would expect and on jalopnik there were quite a few people who were like uh what are you talking about but like for the most part it's been pretty decent there have been like the few bad eggs but i think most of it has been discussion which i think is what i could have hoped for more than anything just like people like talking about it which is pretty nice right do you think that um i know you posted a comment today where a guy was like, oh, I, you know, I never really thought about it this way. Do you think that's actually going to be one of the things that comes out of this is people are going to recognize that, oh, okay, maybe this is happening. Maybe just because I don't see it and I don't experience it. Yeah, like, that's what I, like, hope for, I guess. Like, I didn't really have any intentions when I posted this because I was just kind of like, here's things I'm thinking right now here for my Twitter friends, like, this little sphere of us. But, like, if it's going to go crazy, I would kind of hope that it like opens people's eyes especially guys because like it's very easy to not know what people go through especially like for me personally as a white woman like I don't know what people of color go through I need to hear more like from their perspective in order to understand so like that was my hope of like here's a lens so that you can see what a race is like or like being a race won't fan is like as a woman because there are things here that a man will never have to deal with mm-hmm yeah, exactly. I, I think the only, one of the, like, kind of things that I hate seeing, but it happens anyway, is the, like, women saying, oh, well, this doesn't happen to me, so how could it happen to anybody? Like, yeah. Well, the, like, and again, the thing is, like, the article was written from my experience in order to convey, like, a general feeling of, like, here's mm-hmm. what it is to be a fan of racing as a woman. Like, you don't necessarily have to experience all of these things, because obviously some women will never experience that. And so, like, I personally have never been, like, threatened with physical violence before, but I know women who have just for being a woman. So, like, yep, exactly. I mean, it's all dependent on location and who you are and who other people are. And I feel like the key to all of it is ultimately, like, compassion. You yeah. know, you're not, yeah, maybe I didn't experience a lot of this stuff, but, you know, people I know have or people I've seen on the internet have yeah, have just the fact that it things. happens. Like, yeah, just be willing to just kind of listen and give people a chance to you know, explain their situations, explain their experiences, and then just kind of, I don't know, work to be better. Yeah. <laughs> Should be the takeaway, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Be better. All Recognize I want. that it happens. And yep. try to protect those who are at risk. 
exactly. Yep. Like, it shouldn't be a thing where, like, when I go to a race by myself, I usually have to think of, like, what am I wearing? And, like, as more than just beyond, like, weather concerns of, like, you know, somebody said shit because I was wearing shorts, so should I wear jeans tomorrow even though it's 85 degrees? Like, that shouldn't be a mindset that any woman has to go into a race with. And, like, no. I hope that's something that, like, can change and that, like, bringing attention to it and hoping that people will be able to see that and work to make that change is more than, like, I could hope for. That's honestly so infuriating. Like, yeah. I can't imagine, like, it being 100 degrees out yes. and not being, like... At Lone Le Mans, the fucking worst, because, like, that's when, like, I will wear tank tops and shorts, and, like, you have to deal with the comments of people, like, when I'm walking by myself, of, like, I get shit for it. And then it's, like, the next day, do I put on jeans like i don't want to wear skinny jeans to a racetrack it's too hot for that but also i don't want people to say shit to me yeah yeah it's that's garbage um i know there was also i i don't remember who it might have been kelly brulette Mm -hmm. who wrote an article about how you know it was raining at a racetrack and she was doing work and her shirt got wet and people made comments Like, she's trying to work. You know, there are women in these race series who are actually just doing their jobs. She said something at um, Sebring, like, Mm -hmm. yesterday about how, you know, she was walking towards her team and a photographer asked her, like, oh, so who's her husband that works in the series? Like, that that sort of, like, guided question, the loaded question of, you know, oh, did your, did your, you know, your man got you into motorsports? Like... How'd you get in? What man got you into this? Like, no, just treat women like you treat other fans. Just exactly. we're just here to have a good time. Exactly. I just want to show up at a race and watch some race cars doing things. Like, I don't want to deal with all this other nonsense. I don't want to have to write this article, but I have to write this article because if I don't, who else is going to do it? I know. Seriously. <laughs> um, I was rereading part of this really old Indy 500 book called mm-hmm. Blood and Smoke. And it's it talks about, like, the first ever race that happened at IMS. Mm-hmm. And one of the very notable sentences from this old newspaper article was that, like, the women fans showed up and knew more about what was going on than any of the men in attendance. Like, they were so passionate and hardcore about, like, <laughs> these dudes who might die. Like, they just cared so much. This is, that's all we're here for. Like, we're just here to watch these dudes hopefully not fuck up real bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Some of us are more likely to have that than others, but you know, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I appreciate that you wrote that. Like, I'm glad that it went so viral and, uh, I hope some people start recognizing that maybe this isn't the way to act when you go to a race. I hope so. So, yep. Anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about some F1 stuff because... We got we got a race coming up this week. Yes. Dude, free, oh my god! First first practice of the season is like six days away, five days away. I think that the reason that F one break seemed to go by so fast was because the IndyCar break is so long. Yeah, F one no, break really seems is. really short in comparison. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it is only four months. You know, the Abu Dhabi race was end of November, so it's it's because Indy it's some other sport that where they. The coverage isn't it? It's, it's so it doesn't clash with basketball or something, isn't it? it uh, yeah, yes, it is basketball take- actually because yeah. IndyCar is during baseball season. Um, basketball and hockey pick right back up in October, and oh, and football too. So it's literally every sport except baseball. IndyCar does not clash with it so much. Yeah, 
And it's also very difficult because it's such a North American-based series. Like, once you start getting into September, you can't race in most of the country anymore. Right. (laughs) It's a little chilly. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) I mean, even Watkins Glen was bad, and that was, like, the beginning of September. That was so cold at night. It was so cold. (laughs) But then so hot during the actual race. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was sad. That was really sad. Um... But yeah, yeah, Australia's coming right up. We finally know what all the liveries on the grid are actually going to look like. Fucking horse India. I love it. I I can't believe. I can't believe that this is actually happening. I know. Good job. I actually like want to unironically cheer for Sergio Perez this year. I know it's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Nico Hulkenberg had some pointed comments about the livery. I love your, like, note of this. Nico Hulkenberg is a fragile little man. <laughs> I mean... Where's, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Like, dude, pink used to be, like, a very masculine color, too, yeah. historically. Um, yeah. It was close to purple, which is for royalty. And, and close to red, which is, like, a color of power. Yep. Yep. But you know what? Nico Hulkenberg can't handle that. Can't handle yep. that shit. Enjoy your yellow reno, and we'll see who does better this year. I hope you enjoy looking at the back end of that Force India for the entire season. Because <laughs> that's all you're going to see from the back. Um, if you think about the fact that, like, some a lot of us got into the series kind of 2012, 2013, where we were starting to consistently watch every race. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Zoe, you've been watching I, for a lot longer. I, Lisa, you're newer. I, I was going um, to say, I feel really old yeah. now. <laughs> but even, even from a couple years ago, like, the grid is so much more colorful mm-hmm. now. I just remember, yeah. like, 2012 just complaining constantly that, like, every car was silver or black or the one Ferrari red and, you know. Yeah. That was when it. they released all the liveries last year, I think like my comment was just like this like the theme song of the grid was Black by Pearl Jam. <laughs> I made a lot of fifty shades of gray jokes. <laughs> so it's nice to see that there's some variety and some color that like we have a rainbow now. We do. Hey. We just need some green. I know. Exactly. I miss Caterham. Caterham's green was like so perfect. I think I was that technically British racing green? Was that the, ga- the idea? Yeah. It was, yeah, that was the idea because it was originally the Lotus team. Lotus was originally always green. It kind of stuck to green until um, John Player uh, Gold Cigarettes yeah. sponsored them. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it became the Red White Gold. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jim Clark died in the car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Not, not ideal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have... Silver, red, yellow, purple, pink, blue, and orange cars on the grid this year. Nice. I'm so hyped. <laughs> at least, at least you'll be able to tell. Like I remember when the McLarens were silver. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were McLaren Mercedes a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. and I was at Coda in 2013. I couldn't tell like which car was which until they were right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. Which obviously won't be a problem this year. Even between the Toro Rosso and the Red Bull, like Thank they just God, look so, so distinct. Different. Yeah, yeah. the Toro um, Rosso is really different and pretty cool. I think um, it looks like an actual can of Red Bull, which it's is nice. delightful. It's so like in your face, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad that Red Bull stuck with that matte color. Like that looks mm-hmm. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. So, one team that we're not going to have back is Manor. Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. Manor. Uh, so have you looked at the Manor auction at all? Like, there's a few things up there. Yeah. 
I really uh, want all of the team gear. <laughs> I want. It's all gonna be on eBay later, and I'm gonna go buy all yeah. of it, like I did when they went like into administration the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I really, I really want to see one of the end plates from the rear wing at Coda a couple yes. years ago because uh, you better believe I would buy that in a heartbeat. Take it and have Rossi sign it. Yep. <laughs> at the at Will Buxton's party that year, they actually had one. Oh, really? That he had signed at yeah, and I think oh. they gave it away like as a prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's awesome. it's not like it's something he hasn't done before. The ideas. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's not. I mean, I'm sad that they're not coming back. Yeah. Who's going to be the back marker this year? Is it going to be Sauber again? It's going to be McLaren. McLaren? McLaren? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I... The competition. Let's not even Sauber joke. <laughs> when you're fighting with Sauber for the back of the grid. Good Lord. <laughs> Remember that time Alex Rossi overtook a Sauber at Kona in the How rain? How could I ever forget? And I wept into the distance. Like... <laughs> God. I still remember you just clutching my shoulder and pointing off, and you're like, Rossi just overtook a sour. <laughs> Bald eagles flying over. Bald eagles just like <laughs> flying out of my skull. Like, I can't. It's so beautiful. much. That whole weekend was just very extra in the best way possible. <laughs> it was. I'm glad that we didn't like get stuck in a giant puddle anywhere because yeah. <laughs> I feel like people were doing that. That was bad. Yeah. No one um, lost a shoe to the mud. Oh, no. I mean, you, you kind of did, but not, not in the moment. <laughs> not permanently. <laughs> yeah, RIP my Mercedes sneakers from that weekend. Like, those things were so nice and... They're somewhere in LA, still in Texas now. Yep, yep. I bought those at the, there's like a a Puma outlet store near me, and like one time they just happened to have Mercedes sneakers in my size, and they lasted me a year and a half, and like two (laughs) trips to Europe, and they did not last through a weekend in Texas. (laughs) Oh, Texas. It doesn't rain, it pours, and then it floods. Yep. Everything is terrible. Um, so I saw a, a weird rumor today that well, obviously, okay, first of all, Lewis Hamilton is starting his 10th season in F1, oh, yeah. which is That's pretty crazy. damn cool. Yeah, yeah, 2007 was his first year with McLaren, when they weren't terrible. <laughs> Remember when? Memories. <laughs> <Throwback> Thursday. <laughs> Seriously. But I keep seeing all these weird rumors, and obviously most of it is funneled through the British media, so take it with 900 of grains of salt. <laughs> um Always the British media. Like, literally, what is their deal? Like, are they just stirring things up for the sake of stirring things up? The answer is yes. Probably. I mean, as someone who has gone from being an F1 fan to someone who's more interested in IndyCar, um, like, it gets so frustrating because it's like, there's like nothing happening in F1, but we might write huge articles and there's been like an IndyCar race and there's been nothing. When Dario first won the Indy 500, Autosport had a wee bit on the bottom for him saying he's won the Indy 500. The rest of it was going McLaren had cheated Lewis out of the win at oh Monaco. And it was like so frustrating. <laughs> oh, I mean, the worst thing was in that season, he had, in the space of a week, he had two aerial flips. He got more coverage for the two aerial flips than he did for winning the Indy 500 or for winning the championship. Oh, Ashley Judd got more coverage oh for being oh, his wife. Oh my god. <laughs> By the way, she's married to that Scottish guy. <clears throat> this no. Scottish dude who drives in America. I just, I like, oh, the British media. I, ugh, I've I never hated an entity more. <laughs> <laughs> what about Fox That's not true. 
That's not true. That's, yeah, I... A sports entity. A sports entity. That's also a lie, because Barstool Sports exists. Um, yeah, it's up there, I just... Though. It's like t- one of the trifecta awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so this rumor is that he could leave Mercedes halfway through the season, which doesn't make what? sense. Where would uh, yeah. he go? I don't know, but there, it was like multiple articles about this. Are they just like... There's nothing happening, so we gotta talk about Lewis Hamilton somehow. Like, don't you all have Australian race previews to write? Like, why don't you do that? Nico's gone, so he doesn't have like a rivalry. Oh yeah. So now he's just gonna leave. (laughs) I mean, nothing means anything. In Australia, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. Ferrari's here. I was gonna say maybe it's because of testing and how they're not miles and miles ahead of anybody, but that just seems. But again, like, where is he gonna go? Like. Sebastian and Kimmy are just gonna leave Ferrari halfway through the season. Also, I don't think Ferrari would want him. No. Would they? Uh, like, no. He doesn't really fit I'm... with their aesthetic <laughs> of, like, being a super loyal to a brand. <laughs> he has his own brand, which is, like, that's fine, but I don't. I couldn't see him at Ferrari at all. I mean, the only place he could really go who would probably take him with open arms is McLaren. Oh my god. And let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the whole thing about um, Mercedes giving McLaren the engine, oh, then but but then he's still technically affiliated with Mercedes, so that doesn't make sense. True. Yeah, like they're still not gonna be good. No. Yeah. No. But it's kind um, of the only place he could really go. Yeah. Yeah, unless he goes to like NASCAR. Or, like, something <laughs> ridiculous. He's talked about wanting to run a NASCAR before. Like, there, he drove, um... It is, it is the Monster Energy NASCAR series, though. Yeah, so, there you go. Like, NASCAR, though, is really a series that's struggling now, yeah. I think. Attendance what better way wise, to inject wise. excitement into a NASCAR series that's struggling than by bringing Lewis Hamilton in? <laughs> Boom. Do you know what the fan base is for NASCAR? I do, and I know that that would probably be a disaster. Like... A black British dude in NASCAR. I could not see this happening. I, I want to see it happen, yeah. though, because I want to, like, stick it in everyone's faces. That'd be amazing. I, I would be a Lewis Hamilton fan. There was one story from when Dario done his stint in NASCAR, and it was when the Marshals went up, like, was talking to him, and he answered, and they went, you speak really good English. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh no! <laughs> and it's like, why. it's like, it's like, could you not tell from the accent he wasn't Italian despite the name? <laughs> oh no! I mean, <laughs> wow! Oh jeez! I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I want Lewis Hamilton in NASCAR now. This is this is my new. <laughs> I would start a petition. A huge NASCAR fan and be the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, no. But no. like, no. could you imagine like the attitude that he has in F1 and translating that to NASCAR versus Kyle all Bush of the NASCAR dudes? Dude, <laughs> I bet he could probably take Kyle Busch though and it would be the most I don't know, amazing Kyle thing. Kyle Busch is like 6'1". He's pretty big. I think he Lewis is scrappy Lewis. though. <laughs> We need Danica oh and Lewis in a team together. Danica and oh Lewis. Oh my god, tag team Danica match. could take Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever see her strut down? Uh, she had the collision on pit lane with Ryan Briscoe at the Indy 500. 
and she got out of her car and on the side where cars are driving down the pit lane to come into their pit stalls starts marching down to Ryan Briscoe's <laughs> car. I have seen this. <laughs> Roger Penske has told Ryan to stay in the car and you've got um, their their marshal security guy is sort of dancing around her trying to like <laughs> to get her, her to the, the other right side, side of the wall. without like just picking her up and putting her down. He's sort of <laughs> dancing around her. It's been, it was like so cringeworthy, but at the same time it was like I'm pretty sure if she got all the way there, she would have probably whacked his helmet a few times and then just walked off. <laughs> you know, when I think we watched that, I think when we were... Remember that night in the tent at Pocono? It was like <laughs> where we just watched, like, hours and hours of IndyCar fails. Yeah, yeah. And then that, like, really awkward Joseph Newgarden commercial oh, popped no, up. don't bring that up. I don't want to ever talk about, about it. that again. I don't want to think nope. about it. I still have, like, sometimes it comes up in my head sometimes, and I'm like, I feel so betrayed by my own brain. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't, I, it's so cringe, cringe, yeah, like, so oh. Is it the, the fuzzy vodka one? No. No, no. The, the weird one. The weird one, <laughs> where he's, like, in a bathtub full of milk, and there's, like, gimp suits and stuff, like, it's just right. very awkward, like, that this is, good. like, ABC, like, you're affiliated with Disney, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't. <It's> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this commercial... I'm not going to give you a link to it, but go find it on YouTube. It's it's something. Don't watch it at work. <laughs> not not exactly. Not safe for work. Actually, that whole series on YouTube of like what the fuck moments in IndyCar, which it's that so one good. is included in, is yeah. worth a watch. That was what we were watching in the tent. I think it was that's that where I saw that commercial too, was from watching that series of videos. There's oh God, like 23 so or 24, so a whole bunch of them. I learned so much about IndyCar that night. I really did. <laughs> so questionable. Um, McLaren. Let's talk about McLaren maybe not having Honda engines anymore. Because that's Boy, a that's possibility. Something. Honda pain might yeah. might be over. Well, the thing is, like, it depends on when they switch engines. Because yeah. if they want to switch before Australia, apparently they're talking about it being, like, effective immediately. So that would technically be possible. But also, like, you just missed out on all of the off-season of testing. So it's going to yeah. be six months of still DNFs and, like, still, like, shit results while you're trying to figure out even, you know, it's on a Mercedes engine, so. Right, especially because, you know, those no two engines are built the same. Exactly. I mean, that's the point of the series. You develop everything. Yeah. So they're going to have to completely rework the car yeah. to, you know, work yeah. with the Mercedes engine. And, like, another issue is, like, a lot of their money right now is coming from Honda. So, yeah. like, a couple yeah. seasons of shit results with Honda, like, now you have a vicious cycle of, like, they're the only way we have money because we didn't get any prize money because we were really bad. Right. Yeah, so you'd have to think, like, how much money is Mercedes going to give them to use an engine? I don't know. Or are they, they going to have to buy an engine? I think they would have to buy yeah. it. So, Nando should just come run in the Indy 500. <laughs> where yeah. Hondas are actually good. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he wants to drive a Honda so badly, come drive a good one. Um, other various things. GP2 is dead. Yes. Long live Formula 2. <laughs> uh, I, I, I get why they're making the switch, just to have some consistency throughout mm. the ladder, kind of doing it like that. But GP3 hasn't changed because there's already a Formula 3. So what they're talking about for that is that um, because the GP3 and Formula 3 grids aren't filling out, they want to merge them. 
too. Gotcha. So <clears throat> it's a thing that they're looking forward to in like 2019, I think, where like they want to also merge that series. That's cool. It's nice that they're doing that, not kind of all of a sudden, all at once. Yeah. They're doing it in steps, so yeah. that's cool. It was crazy that, like, Formula 2 just kind of happened, though. Like, I wasn't expecting them to actually do that this season, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was so sudden. Like, rumors were coming, and then all of a sudden it actually was a thing. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a 2018 thing. Not effective immediately. Nope, nope, nope. It's kind of good to have just a consistent ladder again, as opposed to, like... GP2 and GP3 and Formula 3 and Formula Renault 3.5 and, like, all of this Formula random... 4, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And originally, like, Formula 2, it was, like, Formula 2 France and Formula 2 UK and all that, so obviously it's not even like that anymore. If anyone's trying to look up, like, the history of it, it's going to get confusing, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one thing I'm kind of curious about. Like, in 20 years down the road, how are people going to parse out, like, what GP2 was? Like, the yeah. way we we kind of struggle, if you try to go back and look at the history of it from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to kind of think about how that's going to work. Like, why people will wonder why Formula 2 went away and then suddenly came back. Um, not really specifically F1 related, but did you hear about John Eric Byrne? Damn right, I heard about John Eric Byrne. <laughs> I'm so hyped he's going to Manor. <laughs> It's like all of your favorite things. I know. Like, I stopped caring about Jeff in Formula E because Jerome is there. But now that he's in Manor, (laughs) I have something to give a shit about in World Endurance Championship again. Mm -hmm. So, I just, yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm glad, I'm honestly like, I'm glad that Manor still exists in like some iteration, and I'm glad that it's the good Manor. Yeah. Like, they're so nice. Like, I got to go hang out in my garage last year at um, Starlamont. Yeah, because. Grandma and remembered me as the only manor fan. <laughs> That's amazing. The good times. Um, I wonder if he's going to have the same issue that Buemi and a couple other people are going to have, where they have to choose between New York City and the Nurburgring. He's whether... actually already stated that his involvement is with Formula E first and then Manor. Okay. Endurance Championship. So he's going to be in New York, but he's not going to be at Nurburgring. Cool. That's good. Yeah. yeah, it's nice that people are starting to prioritize Formula E mm-hmm. um, over other commitments. You know, it's, yeah. it's nice that they're still able to do multiple series, but the fact that Formula E is becoming the priority is kind of good for the health of the series. Mm-hmm. They so. just need to sort out their circuits. Dude, they need to sort out a lot of things. Yeah, they've but... got a lot of shit. Oh my god. And like, that like, un- completely unaffiliated like, Formula E no E. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> I, like, have not looked into that because I'm like, Formula E needs to, like, sort things out first before yeah. they, like, accept a feeder category. Because I think, like, the purpose of this category coming up is, like, so that Formula E would have to take it on. Because as of right now, they are not related to each other. No, they're not. Capacity. They're not. It is a very cute name for I know, it's adorable. I like Formula E no E. <laughs> I want to like it just for the name alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm curious, though, like, how how are junior drivers going to prioritize that over, you know, Formula 3, GP2, all of those things? Like, whose objective is it going to be to get to Formula E as opposed to getting to IndyCar, Formula 1? Formula E has not established itself so strongly as a brand. It's three years old, like... You it's need, not yeah you need to yeah. build yourself up first because 
as of right now, it doesn't even look like the series is maintaining itself. No, and it's it's the way the the attrition rate of races and like you know drivers not even prioritizing that right now. Like you need to build on that first. Right. The fact of the matter is that yeah, drivers who are already in the series are starting to prioritize it, but no one's priority is yet to get into Formula E. Like yeah. that's no one's objective. It's everyone's fallback. Yeah. You know. There. There is a rumor about McLaren possibly going to Formula E. Yep, I did yes. hear that. Because mm-hmm. there's no Honda engines. <laughs> <laughs> the one series where there's not a Honda engine, we gotta go. Watch, Honda yep. will fondle them there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Die. It's too funny. Yeah, I mean, there there's obviously steps they can take to legitimize themselves further. But again, like you said, it's only season three. Like, yeah. How about slow your roll and, like, establish yourself a little more and yeah. be better? And then... <laughs> and then we'll talk about, like, feeder Junior categories. Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It's weird, too, because I think the people who are establishing Formula Eno E are, like, they have, no, they have no ties to the FIA or Formula E whatsoever. No. No, it's completely unrelated, so... It, I heard it's, like, somebody who owns one of, like, a circuit somewhere, but, like, again, I haven't... I haven't looked yeah. into it because I've just kind of been like, I don't, I don't know. This is real sketchy. I don't think this is viable. <laughs> this is kind of cute, but it's not relevant really. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's, oh, Sebring happened. We're not going to, we're going to talk about this next week because we have a really cool guest lined up for next week. Um, our friend Lara, who actually is Sabine Schmitz's niece, yes. uh, who works for a team that races in Germany was super hyped about Sebring because I think uh, a couple of her friends from her team either were working on one of the teams in Sebring or, and one of her friends was driving. So she watched the whole thing like back to front and we're going to talk about it with her. But Alex Lynn won with the Taylor brothers. Like, I guess if you want to win, like hook up with them and then like (laughs) drive in their car. Uh, they are now 36 hours of Florida champions, which means they won the Rolex in Sebring. Um, <clears throat> and the only other notable thing that I cared about that happened during this race was that a fucking NASA rocket launched during the race, and it just happened to be during a yellow flag session. Oh my god. So, all the cameras suddenly, like, pointed at the rocket, and the commentators <laughs> went just ballistic about it. Like, they were so happy. One of them had, like, pulled up a bunch of facts about the rocket and was, like, reading them on the broadcast. That's There's, amazing. like, oh god, it was so cool. Um, I love, I love space, so it made me real happy. <laughs> science meets race cars. I love science. I love science so much. Um, we also had Bourdais miss out, just miss out on getting a triple crown of Florida wins in Florida in the past month. Oh, that's true, he, yeah. Uh, second in class, I think it was. He, he mm-hmm. came with Ganassi. So he won, winning. he won Rolex, he won St. Pete, and he almost won Sebring. Bourdain. So Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Christina Nielsen did pretty well, too. Yeah, she I think came she second came in second class. in her class. So, yeah. We will talk about this at length next week. Um, but we gotta talk about IndyCar. It's time. <laughs> it's t- let's just get to the meat of this podcast. <laughs> All I care about is IndyCar. Um, <laughs> holy, holy crap, Sebastian Bourdain. Like, Oh what God! What the hell? Oh Honda, Honda, what the hell? Honda, Honda, where did you come from? Like what? Okay, so the whole race was kind of colored by that 
the full course yellow during the pit period. Uh, yeah. um, to the extent where, did you know that Bourdais only actually made two overtakes in the whole race? That's what I heard. Yeah. He went from 21st to winning the race. Like, he didn't even qualify because he broke his car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he uh, won and only had to make two overtakes because a full course yellow for debris. Like, <laughs> maybe IndyCar needs to take a look at this automatic. Because it's an automatic for a full course yellow on road and street courses if there's debris. Um, instead of just having a sector closed. Yeah. I was, like, a sector yellow would be a lot more intelligent. <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. I th- it's probably because I'm guessing a lot of their systems is based off their what they have for the ovals where obviously there's a real oval it's a full course caution so I think that's probably what scunnered them there that yeah. they've just and just to being extra cautious because of the recent like the whole Justin Wilson situation mm. and just trying to be careful with debris that could become airborne right. and could hit people Mm-hmm. I mean, a but lot again, of the street courses, road courses, don't have spotters that can see the entire track everywhere, mm-hmm. and maybe like tell the drivers exactly where the debris is. In a yeah, corner. that's true. I don't know. The other thing though is that they're not moving at quite the speed that they're moving at on ovals, so it's true. a little less of an issue there, and especially where on a course like this, like it's gonna affect the outcome of the whole race just for like a small piece of debris in a corner. Um, Devil's Advocate again, but didn't, like, Hinchcliffe a few years ago at the GP of Indy get hit in the head by, like, a spring or something really small, very small piece of debris that hurt him pretty badly, knocked him out or made him dizzy? I don't know. Yeah, he was concussed. It bounced off Ryan Hunter Rears. It was one of his teammates. It hit him. He then hit the tires, tire barrier, and he was concussed. So again, not as not an oval, not as high of speed, very small piece of debris, still obviously can do some damage. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not advocating for just leaving the debris on the track. I just think that a, like sector, a sector caution would be... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A sector caution would be a good, a good idea so that, you know, if you didn't pit yet, you're not screwed completely, which affected it's- a few people on the on the grid and yeah it gave Bourdais kind of the chance of a lifetime here mm-hmm. I mean they do like using the full course cautions as an excuse to like clean up marbles especially when it comes towards the end of a race which is normally when you see that happening a lot where you're like it's not that bad it's like they could have stuck a local yellow had the marshal grab it but they've put the full course caution and it's they're cleaning all the marbles <laughs> to widen the, the racing lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but this happened work. on, this one happened on, like, lap 30... 26. 30, 26, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But at um, the same time, I would think the teams that have chosen to stay out a little bit longer, they probably know they're chancing mm-hmm. a yellow happening. They're taking mm-hmm. a risk by doing this. So, so I don't know. I don't know. There was an article on IndyCar's site about the fact that maybe it's something that they need to look at. So we'll see if maybe the rules change going forward, but it definitely affected this race a heck of a lot. So, um, stuff that happened during this race. Karim Rahal and Charlie Kimball had some (laughs) My two favorite people. (laughs) Charlie Pinball. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, that, that full course yellow happened because Tony Kanan and Aleshin made contact. Fucking Aleshin. Which, oh, <laughs> <Alyosha>. <laughs> every goddamn time. 
Although I, yeah, his car looks amazing. Oh, it's so it nice. It's yeah. so mm-hmm. They didn't have those mm-hmm. shiny colored rims last year, did they? That's new. No, they're that's really definitely that's, new. That's new. Yeah, the like chromed out red and the gold. Oh, I like so it. So sick. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of wheels, Spencer Piggott's car caught on fire <laughs> in the wheel so well. That was so sad. I know. Yeah. Spencer just needs nice things, and he doesn't. He needs them. a full time ride. He does. I really when. I heard JR was coming back. I was really hoping Spencer was getting the full-time ride and JR was going to get the part-time ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand why you'd have JR in the full-time ride because his technical feedback and that is apparently amongst the best in the, the paddock and that, so why waste it? But at the same time, Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if where. You know, Schmidt-Peterson is talking to expand to three cars next year. I wonder if they'd consider taking him on. That would be really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, other people that had terrible races include Will Power. Will Power. Because, no, dear God. He won't power. <laughs> no. Lost power. <laughs> Ran um, over that hose. Oh, yeah. He just oh did God. not have a good race overall. He got he got a drive through penalty for running over the whole hose. Um, and, and then, then another black- penalty for going too slow with the engine problems. Yes, he got black flagged and um, then retired, which sucks. You know why? Because um, he was one of my fantasy picks. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Same! He was one of mine as well. Oh no, how did everyone do this week? Really fucking bad! I, I got okay. like 70 points. <laughs> I dithered between Will and Scott right up until the last minute went for Will and then my other three was Marco, Joseph, and James. Oh, so man. Like, three people that got screwed by the full course yellow. Yeah. No, Marco know. wasn't. He just was Marco. Yeah. He did all right. Yeah. He right. actually did okay. He, he, uh, he did all right. And then got out of the car and went, I messed up. I done this wrong. <laughs> Eeyore, stop it. It's amazing, too, because, you know, he qualified 15th, moved up eight places, and finished 7th. Like, that's not... That's better than any time last year. Like, what... <laughs> can't you just accept this improvement and move on? Yeah, he and he and Helio both moved up pretty well. So did Ryan hunter Ray. Like, Andretti might not be terrible this Honda year. Honda looks what? good. The goddamn oh. year. The goddamn <laughs> year I'm not a Honda fan on IndyCar. <laughs> No, you just choose the the worst engines in every series, and that's all. That the worst part was like I was listening to the uh, the driver radio, which was both a blessing and a curse. And apparently, Connor was like, "The Chevys are so down on power, even compared to Dale Coyne last year. Like he could not pass oh, anyone no. in a Honda. He was he's like the only cars I passed this race were Chevys. So pain it's not ideal you know what though maybe it's just an adjustment period like maybe they just need to like turn the engines up a little i hope so i hope yeah. they were just sandbagging for a race <laughs> i don't know every time i get my hopes up i just got them crushed so <laughs> i mean yeah they did they did fairly well in qualifying you know willpower is still stuck it on pole mm-hmm. yeah but that's well it's like, yeah it's willpower and it's also the two that were in there were penske's so, uh-huh. like, they were miles above even, you know, the or the Chevys last year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. World I really want it to be... season prediction. I think it's going to be a Ganassi driver who wins the championship. It's going to be Scott Dixon. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Scoot repeat. Yep. Did you know that he's won 40 IndyCar races? Bourdais has won 36. Wow. What the hell? So, like, yeah. they're the two leaders in the series right now. 
Um, I didn't realize that Simon has not actually won that many races, even though he was the champion last year. He never really had that good a car until he was at Penske, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then at his first season at Penske, he didn't do particularly well. Like, Mm -hmm. he was the driver that they were talking about scrapping before he went and won the championship. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Is this his third season with Penske? Yeah. 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 So... It's interesting. It's just interesting the the like dynamics and kind of who's who's in possession of all the race wins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's good. Um, the team radios were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited I to try I it out next that. week. Yeah, do it. Um, I didn't because I was at this race, but yeah. yeah, I will next week or whenever the next race is. Not next week, but yeah. <laughs> beginning of April because that would be too nice. Yeah. It's weird to not have Phoenix between now and Long Beach. Yeah. The NASCAR guys are at Phoenix today. Yeah. yeah, Zoe, I'm sorry that you don't have Verizon where you are. It's, the thing is, I'm with Vodafone, which is like it's Verizon's... The, oh, like, yeah. The, the, the UK's version of Verizon is like, no, you're still not getting this because you're not Verizon. That's like, so frustrating. I, I am so tempted to start tweeting Vodafone and Verizon saying... Please just let me have this. <laughs> I know. I need I, this. Especially where, like, if IndyCar's talking about, you know, trying to grow their worldwide fan base, like, mm-hmm. give people an option to have these things worldwide, especially mm-hmm. where Verizon and Vodafone are, are basically yeah. partner companies. Mm-hmm. Here's what NASCAR used to do when it was Sprint Cup, is they had a similar app mm-hmm. on Sprint where you would get stuff. And the app was free if you were a Sprint person, oh, yeah, and you had yeah. to pay for it if you weren't a Sprint person, yeah. which I think is a good opportunity. Because then you could allow other people to use it. Didn't they have a website as well you could listen? Because I have vague memories of when Kimi Raikkonen had his shot in NASCAR, listening to his radio once just for the sheer... I what the fuck of it. communication was any better. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a few different ways to listen to the NASCAR radios. They've always had pretty open radio I love radio that so access. much. I wish F1 had that. Like, I feel like... That would bring a level of comedy uh, to the series that... It would. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, Please God. do this thing. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if at any point F1 will do sort of the same, like, partner with a phone company and, you know, give extra access. Or if they're just going to have a pay-to-play app for forever. Well, for hopefully anything. now that Bernie's gone, obviously it's always going to be... Money's always going to be a, a point because you need money to continue funding everything. But at the same time... You can't really get new people in if they can't afford to get the access to everything. That's true. And I know that the other thing was that Bernie made most of his money on TV contracts. So, you know, obviously that's going to be a big source of funding for Liberty Media, but but they're talking more about modernizing the sport. So they can also, if they can find a way to monetize like social media, like web apps, stuff like that, um, I think that that's going to go a long way towards opening up the TV stuff. I mean, years ago, before... Oh, I can't remember what name of the, the group, the first channel the IndyCar moved to, used to actually be able to watch the races themselves on Lifetiming. Oh, cool. And then it was some fishing channel that they joined. Yeah, it was... You know what? It was Outdoor Life Network. Yes. Yes. Because that, that that's where hockey the, used to be, too. Uh, <laughs> and it turned... It, it joined, became... They joined them, and yeah. then they couldn't show everything. But it's like, you look at it now, and anything that isn't getting broadcasted live, 
they're showing it on YouTube, they're showing it on the live streaming, and then before the end of the week's done, you're getting the full race coverage to watch again. It's like, and you're it's not even getting geolocked like the Formula E does. It's like, I, I can sit there and watch it in the middle of the class and all that, like, without, like, have to try and jump hoops or anything. It's fantastic, and then it's like, everything else like, yeah, no, you, you need money. Or, yeah, yeah it's only yeah. locked to this lot. I know, it's yeah. a really nice thing that they do, and it's a really good way to get people into it. And, like, even just watching testing was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. just having, like, ambient race car noises in the background while I was working on stuff, and, like, being able to watch just, like, the cars go around. And, like, yeah. everyone bitches about testing in Formula 1, like, well, it doesn't tell you anything. And it's like, well, there's also no enjoyment of it if you're not, like, watching it, I feel like that's such a good opportunity just to, like, open that up. Right. Can you imagine if F1, like, streamed testing on their, on a YouTube channel or something? that would be super cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, I'd be down to watch it. It would probably freak the media out a whole lot because suddenly they don't have exclusive access to it and, you know, nothing gets channeled through them anymore. People can actually watch it for themselves. But at the same time, like, how much recording are they doing? Like... (laughs) Yeah, not much. Well, like, when Sebastian Vettel, like, spun during testing, there wasn't a whole lot that was made at, like... That was not in the media, aside from, like, mm-hmm. somebody had posted pictures on social media, and then it got mm-hmm. taken up because, like, oh, yeah, like, we have to acknowledge that it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things, like, you you heard, like, the testing for IndyCar, and it was, like, it was free, or it was very cheap, and you were getting driver autograph sessions. Mm-hmm. And then it was looking at, like, if you wanted to do the same thing in Barcelona, yeah, you were, it was, like, you could get access, it was... 25 euros or something at least to like just to go testing and then if you actually wanted to meet a driver or a certain team you would have to pay a couple of hundred pounds yeah yeah and with some yeah. of them when you read through the itinerary it was you might see them you might not it wasn't even you'll get an autograph or you'll get a picture you can see them yeah, yeah. it was like that in austria i mean yeah. we had to pay a certain amount of money to do that pit lane walk. I think testing itself was free. Yeah. But, yeah. It, any but they sort also of... had, like, those packaging things where, like, you could actually, like, get paddock access. Yeah. Which were the ones that were, like... 500 amazing. euros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it, I feel like that was so ridiculous, too, because it's in the middle of nowhere in Austria. Like, no one's gonna pay 500 euros just to go sit in a paddock. No. In, on, like, a Tuesday. No. No. So... Yeah, I, I, again, hopefully Liberty Media does, I, I feel like we're putting so much pressure on them, or, but like having so many Make hopes. Make it better. Um, but yeah, just look at IndyCar, look at the IndyCar model, give people access. I've been watching F1 all my life, uh, both my parents were Senna fans, my, my grandfather was a racing fan as well and all that, and it's like none of us have ever gone to Silverstone. It's just, like, never even entered the idea of trying to go to it. It's, like, just so expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, It was ridiculous when we tried to do it. Like, yeah. when we did it, it was, you know, what we paid for, which was pretty much the bare minimum. Um, yeah. It just wasn't really... It wasn't worth the money. No. Honestly. Um, and to pay for, you know, if you're going with your family, to pay for a hotel, to pay for all of the accoutrements that go with the whole thing... Yeah, I can see how that's obviously going to be super restrictive. Meanwhile, again, not to be all do it like IndyCar, but, <laughs> you know, we we go to Pocono and for two of us to camp and have paddock access and also watch the race is like 
a hundred bucks a person. Tops. Not, I mean, not even. Yeah. Well, the camping was one fifty, and then the ticket was twenty oh, yeah, or twenty five. Like, so it was yeah, it was a hundred bucks a person. That's not bad. And which, even like the Indy five hundred, huge big race, popular. Lots of people go there. High demand. Like the good tickets for that aren't even that expensive. No. Like compared to F one or NASCAR, you know. I think that like a good ticket to that is about what I paid for Silverstone general admission. Yeah. Yeah. So I paid less for my good Indy 500 tickets than I did for my not-so-good NASCAR and Indianapolis tickets last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different aspects of it that F1 needs to look at if they if they want to actually grow their fan base to the younger generation. I mean, I was, I was almost hopefully going to Goodwood for the festival speed just ends up money's a bit tight, but it was, that was more feasible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'd be surrounded by, like, cars from like the start of racing to present um i done it a couple of years ago and i spent like an hour talking to bobby unser yeah oh, that's amazing <laughs> of all people so cool. amazing but it's like i get to actually be up close with drivers and that and i'd get a better chance of getting f1 driver autographs going to goodwood than i would going to an actual f1 race yeah. which is ridiculous mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, all of this stemmed from talking about driver radio, and like, <laughs> IndyCar, you're doing okay. You're doing good. I'm so, I'm so glad that's a new feature. I think I feel like, you know where that's going to be really fun is at the Indy 500. Yes. Because oh, I know that we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was happening. Yeah. And if we can hear what they're actually saying, that's going to yeah. be hella helpful. Oh, <laughs> or terrible, I don't know, either I, way. I I just want Marco and Brian Hertrick, I just want to hear the two of these. I want to hear what those two are like on the radio. Yeah. Apparently Marco spent part of it screaming and Brian was just really calm. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> they, should, they should like release the driver radio afterward, like that would be so nice. Yes, yes. They used to do that with F1. Someone would put it on YouTube after some of the races, like you could listen to bits and pieces of it. I don't know how they. I want the whole thing. Yeah, All I mean, same. Unedited. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one dude that used to do that, and I, I don't remember. I don't know where he would even get it from, but yeah, it's a good time. Um, random other non-Saint Pete IndyCar bits and whatever. Um, the last time Honda won on a street circuit was when Carlos Munoz won at Detroit in 2015. So, welcome back. (laughs) My boy missed out on that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I think I watched that one at one point and was like, oh no. This is so sad. Yeah, it was like, it was raining on and off. And Marco was was insisting he could do it on these tyres. And Michael was like, no, it's about to rain. Get to the pits. <laughs> and he's still screaming, I can do this. Oh my god. Oh, Poor guy. Poor guy. Someday he'll like have a great race and it'll be wonderful. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe not. The Indy 500. Yeah. <laughs> the world could... It'll probably win the Indy 500 and the world will just implode because there's only allowed one adrenaline to win that race. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a year where like a lot of weird shit's happening, so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Marco Andretti winning the 500. <laughs> right. Get your bets in now. 
Ed Jones. Oh my god. Oh my god. Could you imagine a rookie two years in a row? <laughs> I'd be okay with it. He, he was fun. the only one. No, like when there were the quiz, like it was the Indy 500 winners. He was the only one. Like he he brought up Jim Clark and Graham Hill, and it was like, yeah, you know, like absolutely nothing about present IndyCar. But you know that Jim Clark and Graham Hill won races. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> You're so British. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Andretti's, Mario Andretti was on this, um, like, some sort of TV show this morning. Yeah. Uh, and he said this, when they put me in a box, it's going to have to have wheels on it. Oh, my God. Which made me really, I loved it, but also, like, dude, he's 77. Please never leave us, Mario. Please. I don't know if I'll be able to go on. <laughs> I just, what, I like, love... What is life going to be without Mario Andretti in it? Like, I don't know. Like, Doing, like, weird love... cameos and videos and stuff. And, just... and his, like, really awkward, g- like, Firestone commercials yeah. on the IndyCar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that one where he makes race car noises is my favorite thing. Yeah, that one is, like... <laughs> oh, jeez. But, like, also the one know. where he... The, the bike with the, the, the guy... Where he cycle, he's like cycling this guy sitting in the basket, I think. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was by the TV Just, ads. All of his commercials are so much. <laughs> because you expect him to be this, like, very dignified human being because he's, like, won races and stuff. Nope. nope. He's just as absurd as all the other indie car guys. <laughs> and I love it. Um, I just... and. You always just see him just kind of wandering around at indie car races, too, because yeah. he drives the two-seater. Yeah. Like... Oh, so delightful. I yeah. like Same with Dario. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, did you see anyone cool at, at the track when you were there? You went to St. Pete. Yeah, uh, I saw Dario Franchitti was there. I didn't see Mario Andretti. Hmm. But most of the drivers, I mean, they're regular. Yeah. <laughs> you had paddock access, right? I did. Yeah, I had yeah. paddock access. And actually, like, right when I got there on Friday, like, the first thing I saw as I was walking around, was on Twitter, Penske did a autograph session with just the Penske drivers, like, on earlier in the day, Friday. I And you had to go to their merch trailer, and they gave out, like, 30 tickets or something, the first 30 people who showed up. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, right there. So I did that. That's, like, peak IndyCar. Peak the squad yeah. at IndyCar. <laughs> Oh, man. That's great. So that was good. You got to see all the guys, all the Penske yep. dudes. Yep. And I also, because I'm in IndyCarnation this year, new, new, um, got the fa- the Fast Pass at Autographs. So mm-hmm. I did both lines at Autographs. And also I got to do a meet and greet with Ed Jones. Oh, nice. cool. Which was delightful. He was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, that's another thing that I just seriously very much love that IndyCar does, is that yeah. if you're willing to pay, like, I think the Champions membership $99. is, like... $99. Well, $99. Champions Plus is 99 but oh, Champions yeah. is, like, 49 It's I, so, I don't even think it's that much. It might be 39 I don't know. It's cheap. It's yeah. not a lot. But it's, it, it's good for the whole season, and it lets you enter all these little contests to just win stuff at every race. And I don't think there are a ton of people in it, so it's pretty easy to win stuff. Yeah, um, we won something at every race we went to last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether it's just a garage tour or a meet and greet or even, like, a pace car ride, like, it's all sorts of really cool stuff, and it's not super expensive. It's super accessible to the fans. So, yeah, like, if you're going to a lot of races, like, it, it's worth the money. Even yeah. if you're just going to, like, one. 
Yeah. The, the chances that you'll win something at that one race that's worth the money you're paying is pretty high. So, yeah, it's it's really awesome. I, I'm glad you won that stuff. I didn't I didn't realize. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so. And also on uh, Friday, which was the first day I was there, like, Connor and Carlos were out in the paddock, so like, a lot. So <laughs> just walking around, taking <laughs> pictures, signing autographs. It was fun. I saw Jesus. them out maybe more than anyone else, like, on nice. Friday. Thank God. Yeah. It was nice to see. What was the general atmosphere of the race like? Honestly. It was great. Um, it felt like there were a lot of people there. I mean, I'm comparing it to, like, Watkins Glen, which is maybe a bit of a weird case. But mm-hmm. even on Friday, it felt kind of busy. Saturday, busier. Sunday seemed quite busy. Um, did they do the thing, was, did they do the thing this year where um, they make Friday open to the public? Yes. Yeah, yeah they did yeah, it last year, did. too. It's the paddock cool. was open, and also all the grandstands were open. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I mean, it was pretty busy last year, too, but it's nice to hear that that race seems healthy. I, I feel like the community there kind of really embraces having that race on that weekend every year, which is good. Yeah. So The person at the place that I stayed called IndyCar Formula Indy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Which made me smile. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, my favorite thing about St. Pete, though, was the track food because they had those arepas. Oh yeah, like that's little right. corn yeah. Cake. It's like a little grilled cheese, except instead of bread, it's like corn cakes. It's so good. It's so bad for you, but so delicious. Yeah, just drink like a ton of coffee. That's <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the coffee vendor like knew me. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> by the end of the weekend, didn't the Watkins Glen coffee people know us by the end of the weekend too? Because we I kept going so. back before they were open. <laughs> Amazing. Other stuff. There is a there was a KVSH auction and. Y'all, because KBSH obviously isn't a team anymore. Um, I want a scooter so bad. Oh, I know. <laughs> there were like three scooters on auction, and I I want one. I feel like like the race weekend experience would be so much like more heightened <laughs> if we just were held up with scooters. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, we you, out you here. You do realize all would happen is somebody probably like hinge your hair to would just like steal your scooter. Yes. And that was that. You would find it like taped to a tree somewhere exactly. or exactly didn't that happen at that St. Pete weekend <laughs> someone taped Alex Rossi's scooter to a tree in St. Pete which oh my god do you do you remember at I think it was Detroit when we were at the there was some like Chevy like stage talking thingy and someone came up and was like pretending to steal someone else's keys yeah, I think it was TK. I think it was TK. Stealing think... four days. Yes. Like, because they were swapping on the stage. <laughs> yeah. I just need so many more, like, shenanigans like that. Just prank each other all the time and tell us about it. <laughs> Dumb, delightful indie car thing. Yup, yup. Well, the thing is, if it was Herter that done it, then I'm hoping there's going to be a frag war between him, possibly Marco as his apprentice, against <laughs> Dario... And Tony at Ganassi. That's oh, all I want. Oh, that'd be oh, amazing. Because yeah, that would like, be pretty you, extra. The the stories of the pranks that like um Hert, um Brian, Dario, and Tony used to get up to were insane. I mean, it, there's I'm... one occasion where Tony was doing an interview and they got a, um they rest them got a hold of his bike and cut it in half as he was <laughs> doing this interview. Like behind him. Or in so front like, of him. It, like, 
within his view, but out with like the view of the cameras. <laughs> so he basically had to watch as his bike got cut in half. Um, and he's like a hardcore like Iron Man yeah. bike dude, so that was probably not a cheap bike. <laughs> yeah, Dario had to buy him a new one. Of course. Well, oh like it was Dario and TK, like they were the ones who like wrapped Sage's car in pink. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the Caremo. <laughs> Dude, to his credit, Sage fucking rocked that for, like, yeah, a good did. amount of time and didn't really seem to care too much beyond the fact that they'd modified his baby. Yeah. Like, that's pretty excellent. Speaking of pink was- cars, Hinch drove one. Yeah. Like, so yesterday. He was doing that swap with um, Robert Wickens, and Robert Wickens' car is pink. It's sponsored by the same people who are sponsoring Force India. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea until, like, the videos came up and it was like, oh, hey, that car is pink. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wickens, Wickens drove Hinch's car a couple weeks ago, and then Hinch went to Italy to drive his DTM car, which, which I don't... Sweet. Why were they in Italy, I wonder, though? Because DTM is mostly it Germany. Is, I think there is one or two races there. I'm not... Or there's there's an Italian touring car series as well, whether they kind of cross over or what. I don't know. I'm not... But. They were in Rome and uh, took a bunch of cool pictures. Uh, they brought a couple of the IndyCar PR and photographer people with them. And... Buzzkill! Oh, Buzzkill Brian was there. <laughs> if you listen to Hitch's podcast, he's he's actually the guy who, I think he runs the IndyCar Twitter, um, but he also like produces Hinch's podcast, which is delightful. Um, and puts up with all my email questions. Nice. <laughs> yeah, props to you for sending all of those in, because they're always amazing. <laughs> Well, they, they managed to find out about the chicken wings because of me. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hinch drove a DTM car. Uh, next yeah. podcast, you should ask him how it felt to have a roof over his head. <laughs> because <laughs> that was a thing. He also, um, like, lost his luggage. So he oh, had yeah. to wear Robert <laughs> Wiggins driving suit. <laughs> At least they're close Whoops. to the same size. Yeah. It was. I Whoops. think yeah. his Robert Wiggins is a little smaller than Hinge because Hinge oh, was no. <laughs> not having a good time. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, because it was like the the airport was like, yeah, we can maybe deliver your stuff like six hours later. Yeah. So they drove to the airport and it still wasn't there. Yep. Oh no, that's just that's not ideal. No. <laughs> oh man, have you seen? kind of related to airport troubles. Have you seen that Sam Bird has lost his bike like four times on oh, Air France really? in the last like two weeks? <laughs> yep. That poor dude. But, was it Air America? Was it Air, no, it was, was Air France. Was Air, oh. Because yeah. normally whenever I hear drivers losing stuff, it's Air America. American, American Airlines, yeah. Yeah, no, it was Air France. <laughs> For once. Yeah, what was the what was I mean, the airline that like wasn't flying anyone out of Florida after the Rolex Twenty Four, where like most of them got stuck in the airport? Was Remember it United? That? I think it might have been, but good old yeah. United. Good old United. <laughs> um, so did everybody watch the Penske Games too? Oh my <laughs> god! Yes. <laughs> Kind of a 180 from talking about airports, but uh, yeah, so Chubby Bunny happened. <laughs> which I, I didn't. could not believe they released that teaser, and I was like, um, drivers just stuffing their faces with marshmallows. Sign me up. Did you see that one? Yeah. Did you see that one person that got really offended over it as well? Yeah! What? And Joseph, no. like, just up. teased him about it. Uh-huh. It was like, 
like your your PR is not in touch with the like racing fans and if if you were at told if they told you to wear a pink tutu, would you? To which Joseph just replied with a gift saying yes. It was a gift of his own face saying yes. <laughs> which... yeah. I love Joseph. <laughs> I do. Joseph's like I was I was so I was so worried when Joseph went to Penske that things would like Settle it down feels like Penske bit. amped up their game just to match oh, yeah, him. <laughs> but like they also did the whole Penske files thing a couple yeah. years ago. So uh-huh. like I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. Well, when it was Hornish and Cash Nevis, Hornish was always like really serious. Apart from that fight at Watkins Glen, <laughs> <laughs> and Cash Nevis is just OTT to the max. So, <laughs> and then you had Hornish left. Briscoe came in and he kind of balanced them. And then Will came in, and Will's just the ultimate lost puppy and terrified and angry at everything. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like they have a good balance now between the four of them. Like, Helio and Joseph are just absurd. Simon is just kind of there. Simon's just here to have a good time. Will's along for the ride, too. I mean, he won Chubby Bunny. Yeah, he did. He he took it so seriously. Everybody else is laughing at that, and he's just like, Shoving it in one at a time and just doing it. Chubby Bunny. <laughs> what Let me say, too, I really enjoyed the inclusion of the NASCAR Penske guys, too. I was oh, yeah. so here for Ryan Blaney. Blaney. It was like, really fun. <laughs> I'm way more here for Ryan Blaney than I ever expected to be, and I'm kind yeah, of mad about it because Penske. And then you had Lurgano's like, no, not doing it. And just, it's like, yeah, what, what a buzz What a grump. <laughs> Logano. Speaking of Logano, let's transition to NASCAR. Oh boy. Because <laughs> that happened. I was in the airport and St. Pete getting texts like, are you watching the NASCAR race? <laughs> so what actually motivated this? Okay, last lap. They weren't even really racing for the lead. They were up in the top, top five, I think. And Logano and Kyle Busch were racing each other. Logano kind of lost it a little bit. I don't know. It wasn't intentional. Nothing of it looked intentional. But he ended up spitting Kyle Busch out. He spun him right into the pit lane, though. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> like, that was and Kyle Busch was so mad. It was, I think part of it is that it, he's from Vegas, so it was his home track. Yeah. And he was very upset. And then after the race, Logano was, like, chilling with all his pit crew. Like, all these big guys on pit lane and talking and Kurt, uh, Kyle Bush just comes right in and like starts swinging punches. He's alone. <laughs> so <laughs> and they pull Logano away and it's just like the rest of the the Logano's team well, like, attacks back Kyle at Bush. Kyle Bush took a ends up, like, Getting blood on his face when NASCAR officials pull him away. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gutted it didn't last longer just because I want to watch it with Yakety Sack in the background. Like, I bet you could still and do just it. Play that instead. Yeah, just like loop it. <laughs> just loop it. You can do it. I believe ten, in you. Ten hours of Kyle Bush and Joey Logano <laughs> set to Yakety Sacks. <laughs> but neither of them got penalties though, right? So like, no, nothing's they're not coming out. Penalties. Kyle Bush's sponsor made a statement that they weren't happy with him representing their brand like that. It's um, like Eminem's, Kyle Bush right? has been, he's still been kind of unhappy seeming. At like a mm. press conference 
yesterday, like how Bush refused to answer questions. He just answered, oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to get back in my race car. They'd ask him a different question. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to get back in my race car. Just like repeated the same answer very angrily after (laughs) each question. Logano was very Penske perfect. Yeah. Like very nice in his interview. You, know. you know somebody his PR person is basically came up to him and went, these are what you're going to say it doesn't matter what they tell you this is what you're going to say yeah yeah it's like that I'm only here so I don't get fined thing yeah. <laughs> yes jeez yeah. funny grow up Kyle Bush <laughs> I enjoy it I love it but his um his sponsor is like M Ms or something right. He's candy. He's running the Skittle cars okay, oh, car Skittles today. Car? But it's like Snickers, M&M's, and I guess Mars. Why don't we have a candy car and Indy car? It should be a thing. We should. should be. Yeah. Let's, let's break them. Yeah. Hey, can you, guys, can you guys come over? Like, we'd like to see a Skittles car and Indy car. We have a red car again. Maybe Scott Kyle Dixon. Kyle should run the Indy 500. Wait. I support it. What if they sponsor Scoot? Oh, so he actually that. has, like, a regular livery again. I'm down. I'm down. Let's write Scott Dixon. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> can you can you do this thing? Dear Scoot Dixon, we want you to be sponsored by candy. Skittles is red. The like Skittles yeah. car NASCAR is red. Too. That's that's my point. That's why we I I need that red back. I need it back. Looking at him in a race suit that isn't like target colors is just it's very off putting. Yep. Can't do it. I feel dirty. <clears throat> I am just hoping that. By the end of the season, Scott is gone through every color of like overalls oh and car. <laughs> that would be nice. Like that would be like the one like if he didn't wasn't just red. Like if he was every color of the rainbow this year, <laughs> except I, red. I mean, that was like one of the the things I did like with Target was every so often it's like yeah you're you're still Target but it's huckies or um, <laughs> at one point Dario had like it was Target but Vaseline for men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's the Target affiliated brands, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sponsored by Olive Target. <laughs> yep, yep. Didn't he have? A, he had like some sort of special livery at some point last year that was one of those. I don't remember. It was like was. Energizer batteries. Yeah, or yeah, that's yeah Phoenix. What it was. So was that the Jurassic Park as well? Yes, that one too. Oh, yeah. That was two years ago. Yeah. Oh, two years in ago. Toronto, because the movie came that's out two awesome. years ago. It's the only reason I know. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> so who actually won last week in NASCAR? Oh, Martin Truex Jr. Okay. Which is okay. good. He's a good. <laughs> <laughs> Toyota. Toyota. My Toyota. brand. So is it technically a Toyota 86 that he's driving? Or they don't actually brand the cars, right? No, it's just a NASCAR. Yeah, car. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know that the Toyota 86 is racing uh, V8 supercars or like something similar to that, and it makes me really happy because that's the car I want to buy next. Ooh. Yep. Anyway. And Toyota last year, last year was like the dominant team in NASCAR, and oh, this wow. year so far they're not as dominant. I mean, they've won the one race, but Ford has been surprisingly good. I don't know. It's just a weird year yeah. so far. Kind of like an IndyCar. Yeah. <laughs> Also, speaking of V8s, apparently Roger Penske wants to go back there. He's got unfinished business. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like Roger Penske himself or the Penske team? The team. The team. Yeah, I've heard that, too. That's cool. To stick Will in, like, there and he can race against all the people he's racing as a kid. Yeah. (laughs) Do, like, a one-off race where Will Power just races. Oh, he could do Bathurst or Bathurst. Yeah. That'd be amazing. 
So we got a whole bunch of questions for our mailbag this week, by the way, you guys. Awesome. Uh, Do you want to do, let's do those. That's going to, this is going to be fun. Question one. Um, Edward Hunter asks, I'm thinking of flying to Montreal to watch the season ending Formula E races. Any tips on Canada? Bring layers. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Nope. Oh my god. We went to the F1 race there last year and it was like 50 degrees in June. So yeah, yeah you might freeze. It might be 90 degrees out. You never know. It might Prepare be accordingly. Yeah. It also like torrentially downpours there sometimes, which is a good time. Yeah. Bring a poncho. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I mean, the race is right in the city center. So as long as you just stay somewhere close to a train line, you'll be fine. Yeah. So. It's gonna be fun. Those races are gonna be a really good time. So. You don't also you also don't need to speak French in order no. to navigate. Like, it's not like actual France. Most people know English. Most so. people aren't gonna yeah, nag you be, for not knowing French. Yeah, they're not gonna be a jerk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good city. It's a really nice. There's a lot to do. Yeah, you'll have a good time. Yep. Um, Matt Carnero asks. Predictions for biggest disappointments of the year in F1 and IndyCar. So, what you got? <laughs> all my faves. <laughs> McLaren is going to be the biggest disappointment McLaren of pain. F1. I'm going to say the Foyt team is going to be the biggest IndyCar because they're my favorite this year. <laughs> See, I don't know. I kind of feel like the IndyCar one is going to be something that we're not going to expect after St. Pete because St. Pete was so weird with that, that full course yellow. Yeah. Maybe it's just going to be Dale Coyne again. Sorry, Rotor, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't work for Dale Coyne anymore. Oh, well, dang, never mind I mean, then. We could, you could possibly argue, like, depending how big an impact for the rest of the season, full course, full course cautions when they shouldn't be there could end up being the biggest disappointment. Oh, dang, yeah, there you go. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. I like it. Because the last few years when it's happened, it's never been that big an impact. Mm-hmm. But this year, it, well, the first race it kind of was because obviously, while Sebastian probably would have ended up up the front, he might have not got first. He might have still been on the podium. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we're going down that road, um, I'm predicting the biggest disappointment of the year in F1 is going to be Baku again. Um, because yeah. fuck that race, so well dumb. done, Baku. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, oh, you know what I'm looking forward to once Bernie is gone? No yeah. more of those dumb graphics where it's like, Bernie says, don't oh drink my and drive. Like, Thank please God. don't. They're so cringy. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like it. That'll be it's the biggest like, good thing. It's like, when's the last time that Bernie has actually driven a car? Probably Let's, a long time. <laughs> Let's see, he probably gets chauffeured everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, kind of a related question here. How do you think Liberty Media will affect viewing experiences, like at the track, on the screen, viewing options, etc.? Well, I really hope they introduce more ways to watch online, yeah. potentially. Or ways to watch old races, because mm-hmm. right now they're yeah. pretty inaccessible and legally managed. So one of the things yeah. that I'm excited about, kind of relevant to what you just said, is that Liberty Media is coming from baseball, where I'm pretty sure that if you're a baseball fan and you want to watch old baseball games you can get access to like an archive if you pay money it's that's definitely the case for a couple other sports um i feel like that would be a huge cool thing to have an f1 yes like just access to old footage 
Because you know they have a giant archive of it somewhere that they're just sitting on because of the TV rights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... And we'd pay for it. Mm-hmm. Ew, here, take my money. I would, I would yeah. throw all of my money at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, like, a yearly subscription where it's, like, 100 bucks or something and you have access mm-hmm. to everything. Like, that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it's decently affordable, too, especially if you're, you know, using the footage for something. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the track, I don't really... I mean, the team radio would be cool. I don't yeah. really... I don't really have a much problems with that the track. Like it no. usually it's just on a track by track basis, usually. Yeah. Maybe cheaper tickets. Yeah. Mm. That would so be nice. Give more people access to the viewing experience at the track. Stop charging the track so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't I'm tired of hearing about how Silverstone is gonna go under because they can't afford to host an F one race. Like I'm over it. It is staff when you sit there it's like they're charging so much that the tracks themselves can't really then turn around to the F1 fans and charge them that sort of amount. So it's kind of, it's not just F1 that gets affected, it's everything else that goes on at the track because mm-hmm. to cover the cost of the F1, they then got to freeze the prices of everything else. And like, it's like touring cars and everything else. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, oh, another thing that I'd like Liberty Media to change is that they probably won't is to what caused us to lose manor this year. You know? Oh, yeah. The, just um, equalize pay a little bit. They're talking <laughs> about doing that. That's going to be, like, a longer-term thing. Like, they can't just do that next season. But, like, yeah. things that but they want to start implementing. Yeah. If Ferrari will threaten to leave. <laughs> oh, Ferrari will threaten to leave if you take away their legacy money. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they the whole do. legacy <laughs> the legacy money thing is kind of dumb and a little bit... Yeah. Like, you just get like, paid for showing up. What the hell? Yeah. Like, that doesn't encourage teams to get into the sport. It's preventative for teams that are trying to do things from scratch, too. You know, yeah. Haas is kind of the outlier, but, you know, there have been so many teams that have just died over the last five years because it's completely preventative to getting into this sport. You don't get any help from the series. Exactly. I'd like to see it be almost the opposite, where you get a bonus for being a new team and, like, making an effort and getting to the grid every race, Yeah, you know? I, mean, I really liked Sarah's comparison <laughs> earlier to football and how you, I mean, you would, you wouldn't just leave the last place team in the league out to die the no. next year. No, and instead, what they do in those leagues, same thing with hockey, same thing with other sports, is that the last place team gets the best draft pick the next exactly. year to try to equalize everything. Obviously, you can't do something like that in race cars, but why not you know, help them help the last place team out with some sort of like, okay, you sucked. Here's a here's a bonus. Like, please don't fritter this you away. Bonus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, people look back in like the seventies, like the eighties, like this golden era of like motorsport. But the thing is, like, it was possible. Like, what made that so good was the competitiveness of all of the teams mm-hmm. and the fact that like you didn't just get money for showing up back then. Like, like Ferrari just didn't get like hella money just no. to like, be there. So, like, you have teams that could build their fucking car in a woodshed and win the world championship. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's the, had... kind of, that's the kind of story that, like, fans are going to embrace, yeah. you know? Yeah, the Tafosi are crazy about Ferrari, but, like, everybody else in the world just wants a good story, you know? So, okay, next question. Um, <laughs> this is an easy one. Which F1 team looks to be the worst team this season from <laughs> Waterparks 13? Uh, McLaren. McLaren. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sauber, Sauber is, is not, not great. good either. No. no, no. But I like Sauber's drivers. See, so. The thing is, like, I feel like Sauber might have consistency. McLaren is not. Like, as long Maybe as Sauber finishes a race, they're going to be fine. <laughs> I just don't well, think McLaren is going to. <laughs> well, that is, like, 
McLaren not even manage like half the mi- the amount of mileage in testing yeah. to Salber. That's no, so sad. Which, nope, they didn't. It's not good. <laughs> um. <clears throat> okay, this one is from Vincent seventeen oh one. Do we think that there would be a an IndyCar third engine maker anytime soon, and who would it be? I don't think so. Not not soon. They're talking about 2019 or 2020 as like a projected future date yeah. because both Chevy and Honda want them. Like a third manufacturer. Right. Chevy and Honda also I mean, signed a contract through I believe 2021 so yeah. like they're not leaving. I mean the last um, before Chevy came back it was, there was Toyota and yep. I don't think it really done that well and then it kind of left and it was just oh, everyone was Honda and then Chevy came back. It'd be interesting to see Ford try to get into it, honestly. Yeah, that's um, what I was Especially thinking. with their connection with Chip Ganassi and other series. That could yeah. be pretty interesting. I would like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Um, follow-up question from the same person is, uh, what is the oddest driver chat you've ever had? Bobby Unser. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's a really good answer. Uh, Mario I... Andretti told me he liked my hair once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with that one. Now, I I spoke to Bobby Unser while wearing my Marco Andretti hat. And I spent all this time talking to him. And it was only as I went to leave, he was like, do you like Mario? And it was this sort of squint. I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, was, That's amazing. But I was like, he sat and talked to me for ages because he was supposed to have been doing... The, the hill climb but he was he ran late so he wasn't there in time so he just spent like half an hour an hour just sitting there blathering to anyone who came over to him and like <laughs> nobody knew who he was what a hero I have That's a awesome. good answer for this one. Oh no <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Rossi and Richie Stanaway in oh, the yeah. back of a van in Austria <laughs> oh my god please tell this story in its entirety because it's so fucking beautiful okay so when we wanted to go to Europe for Formula One, we realized, holy shit, there's an American in GP2. At which point, Sarah made this incredible banner that, like, you tweeted a picture of it. I think Luke Smith retweeted it, which meant Will Buxton tweeted it at Alexander Rossi, who was like, hey, we should, like, you know, meet up while we're there. And so his team got in touch with everyone and was like, we have two paddock passes, but we had three Americans in our group. So I, like, kind of just was like, okay. Like, Sarah obviously gets one. Like, she made the fucking banner. And so I let Catherine go because she was only doing Austria. And I was like, well, I'll just go to, like, they had this GP2 driver, like, Simulator thing. Yeah, simulator yeah. challenge. And Rossi was going to be there. And I was like, well, you know, like, this is happening while they're getting back in the paddock. And then, like, I'll just go see the thing. So after they were done, Rossi came up and looks at me because I've got those douchey ass sunglasses that everybody immediately recognizes. And he goes, "You're one of the Americans, aren't you, with the banner? Like, what are what are you doing here? Why aren't you in the paddock waiting for me?" And I was like, "They only gave us two paddock passes, and like, there's three of us, so like, I'm here." And he just like scoffs and goes, "That's not fair. Come with me when you're done." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> So, like, they finish, like, autographs and everything, and he just kind of, like, ushers me out, and, like, Richie Stanaway gets in a van, Rossi, like, here, you go in next, and then climbs in after me. So here I am. This is Saturday? Because it was right before qualifying. Yep. 
this was like you know we're three days deep in camping by now <laughs> we did, we got rained on this morning sarah spilled an entire beer on my single pair of jeans that i brought <laughs> i'm like just like a mess wearing like five layers because it's so cold and here I am sitting with Alexander Rossi and Richie Stanaway directly in between them as they're bitching at each other and they're like, why the fuck are you camping? Like, I could never do this at a racetrack. That's just, like, so weird. <laughs> so we get, like, to the back and, like, we're in the paddock and, you know, I obviously don't have a paddock pass to, like, scan in their little, like, scanner machine to give you access. So Rossi just, like, hands me his and he's like, you know how to use this, right? And I'm like, No. So he has, to, he has to scan me in and, like, push me through. And then, like, he follows after and just, like, walking around this corner and seeing Sarah and Catherine's faces. <laughs> when I walked back. It was, like, obviously, we had spent the last 20 minutes just, like, walking around the GP2 and GP3 paddock and, like, looking at stuff. I accidentally took a video of Stoffel Vandor and, like, looking at his engine, sadly, for some reason. Um... <laughs> And they had told us to come back in 15 minutes. So we came back in like 16 and they were still not there. So we're waiting, we're waiting. And then, you know, Rossi comes around the corner. And then I just, I, you, you just like followed him around the corner. And I was just like, what? How did this happen? I'm so happy. This is beautiful. And then we got to stand in his garage for like 20 minutes and just like. He, he unscrewed stuff off the top of his car so we could put the banner flat on it. And it was, it was just so wonderful. Good. It was so much fun. Anyway, yeah. that's so a good we, answer. We just got first chat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, mine is not as good as yours, but I did think of something to say. So, I went a couple weeks ago to the 101 days before the Indy 500 party, right? Um, so it was pretty cool. There were a lot of people there. And um, Ed Carpenter, Joseph, Connor Daly, and Al- Alex were oh, all there. <laughs> they gave a little a little speech in front of the group and then they had an autograph session in a different building. And I I like went out and took some pictures on the track uh, and then came back to like the line for autographs and I was like way at the back. And I I I mean I had already gotten their autographs before and so like didn't care that much, but I was like, eh, "I'll wait. Whatever, it's cool." And so I was waiting in the in the back of this line, thinking, oh, we're probably not going to get there before they stop. And talking with the people who were oh, who I was next to in line, um, it was like a little old couple who had been going to the Indy 500 for like a really long time every year. And they had these really nice prints they had had that they wanted Rossi to sign that they took from, they were prints from photos that they'd taken. So, I don't know, just a really nice, long conversation with them about, like, who I was and what I was doing and who they were. And, I don't know, it was neat. But anyways, Joseph and Connor leave and come, like, start walking and signing autographs from the people who had stuff for them to sign. Um, because they had to leave. They were just walking down the line. Oh, and, that's cool. uh, <laughs> they get to us at the end of the line and, uh... Joseph, who I'd seen only one time before at Watkins Glen, was like, hey, I recognize you. <laughs> and, like, the people I was talking to were, like, so impressed. <laughs> like, oh my god, wait, how? <laughs> it was just silly. <laughs> that I, how, how many IndyCar races does it take before, like, the drivers recognize you? Oh, jeez. Not a lot, weirdly. Really Joseph, Joseph really is good impressed. with faces. Yeah. Like, 
we he tweeted a picture at him one time at Coda that year yeah. it rained, and so every time we seen him since then, he's like, "You're the F1 girls," despite the fact that like we hadn't actually like established that yeah. in yeah. person before. Nope. It's just really impressive. Yeah. Remember, remember that time that we were at Coda and like Catherine just yelled his name at him <laughs> before we even got her Joseph. Really <laughs> Joseph. That that whole Coda weekend was so amazing. Um. Okay, aside from the perennial Memorial Day bonanza, I love that, that's beautiful, uh, which is the most eagerly awaited motorsports weekend for you guys this year from PJO Motor City? There's another weekend? I mean, <laughs> yes, there are several. Um, I'm really nice. excited about Watkins Glen again, actually. Yeah. I, that was actually what I was thinking. Like, Watkins mm-hmm. Glen, I'm doing that one and I'm doing the 4th of July IMSA race. Like, I'm pretty hyped about that, too. I'm still debating the 4th of July IMSA race. Like, Please I have do another... it because I don't have anyone, like, any way to get there. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll see how it is. <laughs> I've got you... the tents. Yeah, you, you've got the tents. <laughs> and we also have a camping spot reserved already. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. maybe. I'll think Where about is it. this race at? Watkins, Watkins Glen. Glen. Oh, and also Watkins Glen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just a really fun place. Yeah. Plus, especially since it's IMSA and we don't really care that much. We I'm can there just, like, for chill. the shenanigans from what is apparently titled Camp Hooligan. Um, that's who I'm teaming up with. And it's going to be a good time. They bring a whole TV with them. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there, there's no, what other racing is happening that weekend? I'm not Nothing really sure. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll think about it. We'll see. See how this goes. Um, Kale asks, if you could create your perfect class of racing, what would it be? Mm. Indy cars. Indy cars. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically all I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Agreed. the only thing would be like try and get more chassis involved. Yeah. That's kind of the only thing for Indy cars. I'd like to see more chassis or them being able to play about with it more, which they are supposed to be getting to do now with the Honda and the the Chevy packages, but that's kind of yeah. It would it. really just be like little modifications to IndyCar. Yeah. Like I'd like to see more teams. Yeah. It'd be cool to have like a twenty-six car grid instead of a twenty-one car grid. Yep. You know what they, when they were talking about getting the other uh, manufacturers in for engines, like they were thinking that it's going to expand the grid to twenty-six mm. to twenty-eight, depending on if they that'd get a, awesome. a third or, and a fourth. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So there. That's that's and the ideal. I would I, I would also, say less oh. street circuits. Like, yeah, yeah. I would like to see um a couple more. I mean, we've got tons of ovals at this point. I'd love to see a couple more road courses. Coda. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait, yes. no. Not the ideal class of racing, no. but the ideal Loki like of England. No. <laughs> the ideal I'm... the ideal race is just IndyCar at Coda. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think um, too one of the things I do like from F1 that I'd like to see in our ideal IndyCar series is all the different tire compounds. Yeah. Like for me, they really make the strategy more interesting. I like it a lot, too. I don't know. So I mean, we have a little bit of that in IndyCar, but more. More yeah. tire compounds. I, I actually kind of like the simplified version we get in IndyCar, but I guess if we made it a little more little more options, that might be cool. Might one one more bit of strategy for Dale Coyne to master. I like strategy. Exactly. <laughs> me too. Me too. Dale Coyne. Um... <laughs> Nina asks, what is the best fan experience you've experienced so far in racing? Hi, Nina. Hi, Nina. I guess it depends on, like, if you want to term this as, like, what the series has given you versus, like, what you've made as a f- of it for yourself as a fan. Yeah. But my answer is still going to be Pocono no matter what. Yeah, Pocono, 
Pocono is incredible in terms of like the sort of access and whatnot that you get for the price. Oh yeah. Um, the views from the seats that you get, because like obviously it doesn't fill up, and it was even less full last year because of the Monday race happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think for specific fan experiences, my favorite has been um, getting to ride in cars on the track. Yes. Like the the two seater in the pace car, like that was yeah. really really neat. Not posing with Rossi after his wife. Don't wait. I mean, that was, <laughs> I feel like that's, I don't Come even, on. I can't even class that. Yeah, that was the best one. But in terms of like <laughs> stuff that I would experience without that weird thing happening, um, it, it's the race car rides. Yeah. And it's just so cool that IndyCar as a series like provides that opportunity for fans yep. occasionally, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate uh, for myself, it's probably last year at Battersea. Like, um, I'd won tickets, so I'd gone down with my mum for the race. And uh, Laura, oh, um, Laura. She, she managed to get me a ticket to go in on the, the Saturday. So I went, watched it, sat on my lonesome in the middle of the field, <laughs> watching this big screen. But um, afterwards, like, standing at the the paddock entry entrance and I'd made a jar of fudge for <laughs> Jack <laughs> Nicky and Dario um, but I'd forgotten that like Michael was there so like he came out and I had my my my, my, my hat my Marco hat so I was like <laughs> it's like I know this is from back when it was in Dretty Green but can you sign this and he looked at it laughed at like how like how old it was showed it to um the guy he was standing there with and signed it and gave me it back and there was two other guys that were there and they got autographs and then pictures and he looked at me and then went do you want a picture as well and I was like okay <laughs> like, like I had no ex- like the only my only plan like in terms of meeting anyone was like try to catch like Jack or Dario and Nikki and instead I got Michael Michael and Dreddy <laughs> that's amazing that's, awesome. <laughs> that's so cool you know, honestly, for as much as we complain about Battersea, like, some of the little bits and pieces of it were just really, really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's yeah. just a shame that the, the people were rather annoyed about it. I mean, yeah. when I was waiting for Laura, um, there was the number of people who went went to go to the park and were outra- out, like annoyed and offended that they couldn't get access. And it's like, it's not like they built this in the middle of, like, Friday night. It's yeah. been getting built for the past like few days. You've been aware of it for beyond that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, it's, it's like, like two days out of the year. Like, calm yeah. down, people. Uh-huh. You can yeah. use the park the three hundred and sixty-two yeah. other days. Yeah, so, I just want I don't know. like come to Glasgow. Yes. We'll pretty much yeah. guarantee you a oh wet race. That'd be we'll so pretty fun. much guarantee you a wet race. <laughs> the first wet race before we leave. <sighs> that still needs to. I bet it'll happen in Montreal. Honestly. Like, it's gonna happen on both weekends when it's probably <laughs> it'll be really sad. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, last question from Looking Spiffy on Twitter. <laughs> if uh, I I don't know which driver she wants us to use here, but I, I guess any. we each pick one. Any? All right, everyone pick one, and you have to say if if this driver was an alcoholic drink, what would they be? Example: Alonzo is sixty shots of tequila. <laughs> So you can't use Alonzo. You gotta pick someone this else. This is great. I love it. I guess this can be from any series, too. 
I feel like that's a good. Yeah. Wait, I have a really good one. What? If Helio Castroneves was an alcoholic drink, he would absolutely be like one of those really sweet like Kaiparinas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Like very like oh, oh everything is great. I talk with my hands, like everything is happening. <laughs> Here's this delicious drink that I am. <clears throat> Perfect for watching races and soccer and stuff. <laughs> Like, when the when the World Cup was there, like, 900 people I knew were, like, trying to figure out how to make those, and half of the results were really terrible, and half of them were, like, really pretty decent. Amazing. Yep. Like so, Helio Castroneves <laughs> would be a Kaiparina. Um, I'm gonna say, if Connor Daly was an alcoholic <laughs> drink, he would be that, like, that giant punch bowl of drink I got after St. Pete <laughs> when my mom bought it for me, which was, oh my like, God. it was, like, Six or seven shots of vodka and it lit on fire. So it's. <laughs> See, I disagree. Yeah. I think if Connor Daly was an alcoholic drink, he would be a 30 rack of those Bud Light cans that have American flags on them. Yes. <laughs> because, yes. yeah. <laughs> what you guys got? Anything? Right, this one's really weird, right? Um, for Stoffel. Not Stoffel. I must say Stoffel. Uh, Lancel. Here in. There's a, a cake we have. It's caramel shortcake, but what its nickname, we also call it Millionaire Shortcake. <laughs> <laughs> so he would be some sort of like alcoholic milkshake with like caramel liqueur in it. I like it. A millionaire. Beautiful. <laughs> he's, a, he's a wee baby. He's still a wee baby, so he needs his milk. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, you could also associate that with the Indy 500, which he's never going to be associated with, so... Hmm. Right. <laughs> well, I'm switching up here. Oh, wait, who was your silly? Lance Stroll. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going with my F1 son, Lewis. Who, <laughs> 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 if he was an alcohol dr- alcoholic drink, he would be the softest of white wines, because the boy is delicate. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. I love him, but he is. And on that note. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening to the Grid Girls, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with our post-Australia reaction about 15 hours after the race ends whether or not we will have slept remains to be seen um but yeah you can find you can find zoe on twitter at we zoe uh and as well writing for us at the grid girls and you know where to find the rest of us so yeah see you next week see ya